Good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for October 15th, 2017. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Oh boy. You know, this morning, uh, I was reading some reports and uh, and I've been thinking about uh, students in our lay the ministry program, uh, the kinds of reports they're writing, you know, um, they sort of get the, the modus operandi or the or the purpose or the or their goal of uh, the way our curriculum and program is structured, um, so that they a person can find the teachings themselves. Sometimes I like the analogy of uh, educational philosophy, not just philosophy, but in actual practice, what they call an open classroom. Okay, uh, It's not the teacher's job to present uh, the teacher's perspective on a certain subject material, Okay, like they're the expert. But they want to to put this, their classes into a situation where they learn for themselves and where they're really motivated. And this is particularly true of uh, education and philosophy for children. And so it's called an open classroom. And, for example, uh, young children, and you've got a big room, and you've got sort of stations, and, and you says, well, we're going to do this lesson today, and and if and if an individual child doesn't is not motivated, they don't say, "Come on, hey, pay attention to what's being presented." They just say, "Well, here's the you know they kind of they kind of uh, introduce things and they say, okay, they, and they turn them loose in this in a way well 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 planned and uh, provided learning." opportunities and then the student the way the student experiences this educational experience is they're looking around and they say oh they don't see it as I'm I'm being shaped or guided or you know in a certain direction they just say hey it's all hey hey this is kind of interesting okay the teacher must want me to no not that they just say hey Okay, and the teacher just sits back. He did all the work already, in a way. All that planning and the way they structured the physical environment, you know, to a, not for a particular specific lesson, but just to encourage them to to be to have imagination and to for that for that to come out from the inside instead of being, you know. Uh, as, as one illustration of <laughs> of education was where they unscrew the top of the student's head and they pour the sand in and they screw the you know top of the head back on. Uh, anyway, so I was thinking that you know we don't know we the bright dawn we don't know. Uh, Exactly what we're doing in the sense of well we got we got a specific destination goal 
the curriculum. But we do have sort of a paradigm. And uh, because everybody, every, all the individual students are different. They got their own lives, actual life. We're not talking about some kind of abstract lesson in general that applies to everybody. Um, and so it's just so impressive when I read or hear about the way that material is worked with. Um, and it, it's kind of inspiring because in a way, I'm kind of lazy right now, you know. We set up the curriculum, and I'm just, I'm not thinking, I'm not, you know, really busy with my own analysis or, of a particular teaching or anything. And then I see the way these variety of ways that the students do that, and I say, I say, wow, uh, who is the teacher here, and who is the student? I am so impressed that, I, and I said, "Hey, I get inspired in uh, what kind of a uh, student would I am I that if I didn't receive this kind of dharma?" And it reminds me of uh, Reverend Kusada, who was a very spiritual person with the Buddhist Church of America. He, he was a a spiritual father figure for a lot of the uh, Buddhist Church of America. Uh, um, ministerial candidates in Berkeley at the Institute of Buddhist Studies. And when he retired, they gave him a dinner, and he was so thankful to the students. I mean, they're giving this thank you, appreciation dinner for him for his long service, and and everyone looked, you know, they looked up to him for his knowledge and for his humility and his sincerity. You know, but he's sincere in thanking the students for enriching his life. Okay, uh, very impressive. The students were impressed. Okay, I wasn't there, but they tell me this is a, you know, um, but I I could see that. Okay, who's the student? Who's the teacher? And then hey, yeah, let go of that dualism anyway. You know. The the idea of I can't remember the Japanese word, but byodo, it means sort of like a brotherhood of fellow travelers, you know, fellow truth seekers and so forth. Uh, neither layman nor monk or you know anything, and then then you just let go of everything, smile, and you just keep going. And man, the tongue is so short and the dharma is so tremendous. Anyway, something like that. I hope I'm. I don't feel my words are expressing what what I was feeling. Anyway, this morning, and so I was thinking about things, and so oh, I almost I think it was five to eight. I said, oh, I mean, our local time here, almost show time. So yeah, I was thinking about this, and it's a very similar kind of feeling that gets expressed in different ways for me. But, uh, and in a way, I, sometimes I'm so impressed and I just, I feel like, uh, I'm the bombu. I'm the, I'm the, <laughs> so limited in terms of the human 
uh, uh, I mean, uh, limitations and, you know, well, maybe shallow is too too strong a word, but uh, uh, put to shame in a way by saying, hey, these these sincere, earnest students are doing like this. And I'm sort of just happily going along, you know. Uh, and I say, hey, okay, come on. Uh, but anyway, um, so I just say, well, okay, keep going, keep going. Uh, today I want to uh, introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse, Alex Sun. Uh, lives in Ohio. He's part of our present uh, LM10, who is into their second year, and they'll be going through their what we call induction uh, next spring. And Alexan. Uh, yes, thank you, Sensei. I, I appreciate that very much. Um, today's uh, Dharma glimpse is called Existence. Uh, a Buddhist response to mass murder. And I wrote it in regards to the shooting that happened in Las Vegas not too long ago. Um, I was dealing with some very difficult emotions at that time, uh, which I'll talk about here in a minute. And my practice um, here at Bright Dawn helped me get through that. So that'll be the focus of today's talk. I'm standing in the break room at work, preparing to make a cup of tea. Then a news alert appears on my phone, and I learn there's been a mass shooting in Las Vegas. My heart drops, and I reflexively focus on my breathing. The impromptu meditation keeps me standing as I stare at the screen. More than 50 people dead and hundreds wounded because of one man. Lives have been shattered and families torn apart because of one man. Unimaginable suffering caused by one man in a hotel room with a small arsenal of guns. It's hard to comprehend. And yet, life goes on. I have to attend meetings and answer emails, to ride my bike home at the end of the day and make dinner. I have to keep living in the midst of this tragedy and find a way to move forward. So I return to my desk, empty cup in hand, and get back to work. A few days later, I ride my bike to a nearby church. A nonprofit called the Interreligious Task Force on Central America is located there, and I volunteer with them once a week. They deal with a lot of tragedies. In fact, the organization was started when four activists were murdered in South America while advocating for indigenous rights. Today, they have me stuffing envelopes in preparation for a fundraiser. I go about my task dutifully, methodically, trying to focus more on the feel of the envelopes in my hands and less on the ball of sadness in my stomach. More than 50 people dead and hundreds wounded. How do I respond to that? The answer comes when I read one of the flyers that I've been mindlessly stuffing into envelopes for the past hour. The title states, Me Existir Es Resistir, which translates to My Existence Is Resistance. It goes on to talk about the atrocities that have occurred in Central and South America, 
along with different ways that people can get involved. The overall message is that the most powerful thing an activist can do in the face of cruel and unjust systems is to keep being an activist and keep fighting for what's right in the face of insurmountable odds. After I finish reading the flyer, I share a quick glance around the office to make sure no one is watching. And I place my hands in Gosho and bow. More than 50 people dead and hundreds wounded. It hurts more than I can bear, but I know what I have to do. I have to keep practicing the Dharma. I have to keep studying, meditating, and living a compassionate life. I have to let people cut in front of me in traffic. I have to smile at coworkers and do volunteer work. I have to take the fear and pain inside of me and use it as fuel for my practice. My life, my very existence will be a response to this tragedy. It's not enough, but it's all I have to give. People can be cruel. This was true in the time of Buddha, and it's still true today. Sadly, it will keep being true as long as we're trapped in the illusion of a separate self. But in the face of endless suffering and death, the most powerful thing I can do is to live kindly and compassionately until all sentient beings are saved. In a world filled with suffering, kindness is an act of resistance. May all sentient beings be saved from suffering. Thank you, Sensei. Thank you very much. I don't know where I heard this teaching, but a Buddhist teacher was saying something like, uh, you know, what, uh, as a Buddhist, what, what is our response to tragedy? Okay. Tragedy of all all kinds, you know. Uh, and he said, you know, never, having a phrase like that, it's sort of like, it's, it challenges us because, you know, we know that Christians would say, well, you got to pray. Okay. That's what, what you do. Okay. Um, nothing wrong with the word prayer necessarily. Okay. Although, it's, you know, Buddhist, if we did use that word, we, we wouldn't use it as petitionary prayer. Asking some supernatural creator and that we're helpless and hopeless and nothing and we have to you know, uh, subjugate ourselves to personal God, I guess. You know, if God is a verb, we don't, we don't have much, you know, it's not such, it's, it's process, it's not so bad, but usually it's a noun. And uh, anyway, so that's sort of there. It says, oh yeah, gee, I'm a Buddhist, what am I supposed to do? It, it's a certain way of phrasing that. And I like the answer they said, well, the Buddhist response to tragedy is to cultivate wisdom. Okay. So, oh, I mean, then that gives you kind of a direction. Okay. You know, of course, the other side of wisdom, the other side of that coin is compassion. They go together. Okay. It's not like they're really different things, but say, hey, cultivate wisdom. Yeah. You know, right understanding. And if it's really right understanding, it's not just something abstract, but it's the way you live your life. 
And then I think about a article my father wrote in the early 50s at an Eastern District Conference. Uh, there's about uh, six, seven temples at that time. Chicago, Seabrook, uh, New Jersey, Cleveland, um, New York, and so forth. Uh, every Labor Day, they have a conference. They still do. I don't know how, how many you know, decades it's been now, but uh, this is a very kind of a very old historical archive material I found the program in my father's uh, office files, you know, kind of builds up and <laughs> over the decades. And it was a program. And uh, and the different presenters wrote an article of what they were going to talk about, and then they, they printed that up in the program. And I thought my father had a very simple, straightforward thing that kind of structures things like this. It says, okay, you're human beings, you know, uh, there's three ways to be in the world or to, you know, uh, how to handle life. One way is the theistic way of, you know, saying, oh, I'm, I'm hopeless and powerless and I got to pray to God, okay, in the sense of Christian God. Um, and then the, another way is also where the human being, individual human being is powerless, hopeless, <laughs> and because you can't understand anything, everything's chaos in a way. Everything's sort of chance. You can't understand everything, okay? And if you hap- don't happen to have the background, karmic background to to be to be believing in objectified God and everything. So, well, you know, and probably a lot of those people lead a hedonistic life. Well, you know, everything is just chance, man. <laughs> Try to enjoy yourself. Okay. So what a third way is a Buddhistic way of, okay, I shouldn't have used the word karma before because it has more Buddhistic implications, but it said everything has causes. It's important how you react to things not just what happens to you. And this is empowering. And it's in line with science. It's in line with common sense. In your own life, you could see this. Okay? You say, hey, this is, these are the three basic ways. Okay? And, of course, this is coming from Buddhist perspective, so we could kind of use language that's not, not sort of uh, uh, blunt, but... Sometimes other writers have said, well, one way is a, is a beggar's religion. Okay. Hey, please help me. Okay. And the other is a gambler. Okay. You know, it's all odds and everything like that. You don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, but the Buddhist way is very down-to-earth, practical, reasonable. Okay. And so I'm, I have all that sort of sort of the nine-tenths of the iceberg underneath the surface when I just see that tip of it that says, hey, Buddhist response to tragedies, cultivate wisdom. And I think of these other discourses that expand upon that springboard off of it. 
and I was thinking about these devoted ministers and teachers in you know early fifties that's a pretty long time ago, and uh the way they were presenting things and I said, man, man, you know um, yeah, 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 well. <laughs> Another way to just say this, don't make a conclusion, though. You got to keep going. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, indeed, keep going. And you have a beautiful day. Thank you.